actually, this is as real as it gets. This is Nash Gruner, the son of Olivia Gruner, and you are listening to the UCW radio show in your face. The number you have reached, 911, has been changed to a non-published number. You're listening to UCW Radio. In your face. Give it to me, baby. Alright, welcome back to the UCW Radio Show. And as you know, this is a show where we feature celebrities, notables, authors, entertainers, recording artists, up-and-comers. Basically, we feature some pretty great people uh inspirational people just some amazing folk now um talking about great and inspirational people in a minute we are going to bring on our guests and i know his story will inspire those that ever question whether they could make it or not were they weren't quite sure if they should take the risk in life or not well, you will get some affirmation in a minute when we bring on the healthy Irishman Gavin Murphy to the show. Now, what I first need to do is remind all of our listeners to tune in to my other shows, one being Money Never Sleeps, uh, and if you haven't heard of it, I have to ask you why. you got to tune into the show. This is where we feature some of the uh, people that make the money flow in this world. And it's, you know, we're bringing out more and more people so you can get an understanding of what happens in venture capital, real estate, so on and so forth. And it's a pretty in-depth show, uh, so I would tune into it. And my other show, uh, this next show is interesting because we're diving into the business behind the world of fitness. where We're, we're going to be bringing on successful fitness and health pros, not, you know, amateurs, health pros, and we're going to bring them on to talk about the mechanics of making it in the world of fitness because this is something you really don't hear of out there. So we want to talk about that, and that's for your benefit. Okay, now that this is out of the way, let's bring on our next guest. He comes to us from Los Angeles, California, via Ireland. Without further ado, let's bring on the healthy Irishman, Gavin Murphy, to the show. Gavin, how you doing, buddy? Welcome to the UCW Radio Show. Hey, Lou. How are you, pal? Nice to talk to you. Yeah, yeah. Well, nice to have you on. I know that you're Thank busy, you. busy with things and your 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 company and uh, making people healthier. Um, so I, I'm glad you took the time out because I know you're pretty exhausted. You know what? I'm pretty exhausted just because uh, because you got to just uh, keep you know keep hustling. It's my mentality. And I have a little two-year-old boy here, so uh, so obviously he keeps me busy as well. So it's all good. It's fun times right now. Hey, well, you know, you got to keep your hustle on and make things happen. And, and you better believe it. Yeah, and this is what we're going to talk about here because I want I want our listeners to get a really good idea of of your story because I find it inspirational, and I'm sure they're going to find it inspirational too. So right. if we can just like go into the beginning stages, I don't even want to talk about where you're at right now. I want to talk okay. about the beginning stages of how you got involved in, in, in the culinary arts, how you became a chef. You know, how did that come about? Well, that all came about. Um, I've, I've been cooking for about 20-odd uh, years. I trained back in Ireland in, the, uh, in about 1998, uh, something like that. I, studied, I actually studied marketing and business for four years first, 
um, and I got a degree in that over in Ireland, and I just decided that I didn't really want to be a suit and tie guy. I didn't want to be a nine to five guy. Um, so I really got into my first cooking job was when I spent a summer, and it was my summer of um, when I was between third and fourth year in in business school. And I went to Martha's Vineyard, and I worked in the kitchen of a restaurant there, washing dishes for four months. And I'll tell you what, I never had so much. Uh, fun and energy and excitement. I just loved the craziness of the kitchen. I loved the authority the chefs had. I just liked the whole nuts atmosphere in there. It was just screaming and shouting and food flying everywhere and noise. And it was really, it suited my personality. Uh, so I went back and I finished business school because I wanted to have that under my belt. And then uh, broke it to my parents who, were, as you can imagine, were ecstatic after spending uh, four years of college I didn't want to do it, I went <laughs> off and I wanted to become a chef. Uh, and they said, okay, well, that's what you, you know, what you want to do. I did a three-month course in Ireland in um, a little cookery school in the southwest of Ireland called Ballymaloo, which is a little family-run cooking school on a 100-acre farm um, and everything. This is back in the day, Lou, when things were actually farm-to-table. People use these phrases now. This is, you know, 20 years ago, 24 years ago, when it was actually farm to table. We used to go out to the farm, pick the vegetables, bring them into the school, learn how to cook them. It, you know, it didn't get any more basic than that. And I was very much, you know, very Irish. It was the way to do it. Mm -hmm. it you know, it was how I grew up, uh, learning about food, even though I never cooked all the way up. Um, but but does it, doesn't, that, doesn't that allow you to respect it a lot more? It's, you know, it's absolutely, yes, it does. It, it, um, it shows you what goes into making something and to growing a vegetable and to nurturing it. And the flavor by itself is just phenomenal because this is, you know, this is before a lot of the pesticides were put on the food. So it was very clean and it was just like a, yeah, something like a simple potato or a carrot that I picked, you know, it comes out of the ground, it's got mud and dirt on it, you bring it and you wash it and you cook it in something. And you can enjoy and appreciate that someone took the time to grow that and now we were learning how to cook it. But how amazing is it when you pick these vegetables and you put it all together and then you have a finished product and you can sit at the table and look at it and say, well, we, we grew this stuff. Yeah, I absolutely. Mean, you know what? You know, as you said, it gives you an understanding, gives you an appreciation for where food comes from. Nowadays, I think, you know, a lot of people um, don't really... Um, don't appreciate it as much because you go to the supermarket and there your vegetables are all pretty and clean and nice colors and everything. Um, obviously, with the influx of farmers markets, particularly over here in the West Coast, I know there you know there are you know there are those everywhere, but you know they spring up everywhere, particularly here in LA. So we are starting to come back to appreciate that people actually take the time to grow these fruits and vegetables, and they bring them to us in their most natural form. Mm -hmm. And then we buy them. Um, so we're talking to the farmer who's spending the time and the energy and the money and the resources to put their love into growing this food to bring it to us. So it is coming back more and more now, which is great for me to see, especially now that I'm a dad. Mm -hmm. You know, I want to teach my son, you know, the, the basics of food. I mean, you, you see some of these TV shows. I know Jimmy Oliver had a show and he was talking to kids about, uh, you know, about uh, tomatoes and carrots, and they thought they just came from the supermarket. They didn't know they were grown in the ground or on a vine. Um, and this is, you know, those are scary thoughts. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, oh, they, they um, are. But now we're, you know, our kids are picking up more about where food comes from, so hopefully they're learning to appreciate it more. 
And, you know, for you as a businessman, and you're, you know, you're, you get vegetables every day when you're, because you're preparing stuff, you know, it's, it's cost effective when you're able to get things locally. Well, it is. Um, of course, that's the number one thing. Also, high on my agenda is the fact that I'm supporting the local farmers because mm-hmm. these are people who are giving their heart and soul. They, you know, this is their livelihood. They have families to support. Um, you know, and people, are willing to support and that's what the farmers markets are all about it's going back to basics it's it's kind of my cooking style which comes full circle which i'm sure we'll get to you know back obviously me being irish um but it's you know you i feel good supporting the farmers because i know i'm helping them to grow their business and to support their families and for me that's you know that's the bottom line well i, I think it's amazing because i know look in new york you have one of the largest rooftop uh, organic farms in the country, if not the world, in, in, in Brooklyn, New York. Okay. And it's, it's pretty cool because you're able to, you know, they have the farm, they have everything on, on, on a big roof. And right. you're able to grow this stuff and distribute locally. And if you're able to do that, and you're absolutely correct, you're able to actually go and uh, support, you know, local businesses and things of that nature, and you support your community. So mm-hmm. for you, it's like bringing it, you back in history. It, you know, it's going all the way back to how it was. I mean, back in the, you know, in the Paleolithic times when people were harvesters and they used to just go out and hunt and gather, mm-hmm. and that's all they had to eat. Obviously, you know, we're in a different um, generation now, I appreciate, but I like that kind of basic element to it, mm-hmm. you know, you know, something is grown in the ground and you pick it and you cook it and you eat it or you don't cook it, you eat it in its raw form, which obviously has more nutrients in it. Um, but, you, you, you know, for me that's very important. It's very important in my style of cooking, which goes back to how I grew up. Well, let, let me ask you this, Gavin. Now, you were uh, learning how to cook on the 100-acre farm, and mm-hmm. you were you were growing everything in, on the farm, obviously, and bringing back stuff and cooking. Now, what happened when you when you graduate graduated? What brought you to the states to do this? I'll tell you what it is, Lou. Growing up in Ireland, uh, I'm 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 not sure if you know this, but it tends to rain on occasion. Mm-hmm. Uh, and by that, then it's also quite dark. And for me, the weather was the number one thing. So I had come over to uh, sunny California um, before, obviously, before I had moved here. And uh, the ocean is very important to me because I grew up by the ocean in Ireland. And I find very, uh, I find the ocean to be very um, tranquil, very calming for me. Yeah. So I knew I wanted to come somewhere by the ocean. So I was over here. I was staying in Santa Monica. Loved the weather. Loved the lifestyle. That was it. The sunshine brought me over here. And Very that, basic. And then that that drew you in, so you decided to take the leap. Yeah, you know, that, that's that's I just that's that's, that's, a, that's a risk, my man. That's a risk. <laughs> you know what it was, Lou? It, for me, it wasn't. It, it, it was a calculated risk because I knew that I was bringing something to the table, um, and I just, you know, I like to take chances. Uh, so I just uh, I I bought a ticket and I came over here by myself. I I had one. A buddy of mine back home, his brother lives here, um, so he was my only contact, so I was able to touch base with him, uh, and I just, I basically just bought a ticket and jumped ship. Okay, you, so you, you, you bought a ticket, you, ju- you knew no, you only knew one person, you didn't know one anyone else. One person in LA. One person didn't have any contact for anything else. So and, and you I, had, uh, wait, and you had no job, you had nothing lined no, up. Nothing, nothing at all. I, I, I was here with, um, with a backpack, 
um, and I had some money that I borrowed from my dad, and uh, here I was in California, and uh, <laughs> that was it. I had no game plan. Uh, you, Except you, I wanted a suntan. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you, you get that. You get that seven days a week. Um, yeah, you would. Yeah, but but going and and rolling the dice like that and taking that type of risk is not even a calculated risk. You know, it has to do with you believing that there's something better for you. For me, that was a bigger picture than me living in Ireland and um, kind of doing what a lot of people were doing, which is the nine to five job. Um, it just wasn't for me. Now, before I moved over here, I lived in London for a couple of years. But again, I was close enough to Ireland. I could jump on a plane and be back home in an hour. So there was still a kind of a safety net there. Mm -hmm. But I figured I needed to push the envelope a little further. Um, and, um, you know, California was the lucky recipient of me. I don't know how lucky it was, but here I am. Well, you're doing a lot of great things over over there, and that's for sure. And that's something we're gonna we're gonna get into a little bit later, you know. So I, I want to hear more about the story. So you have your backpack, you hit yep. you hit out you hit L.A. and you you see the surf, you see the sun, you see the the uh, the suntanned uh, chicks walking around, and yep. basically, you know, what was your first move? My first move. Well, I stayed with my buddy. Uh, I I slept in his couch for three months. Um, and just kind of met some of his friends around the place, just, you know, tried to, you know, kind of fit in with the life and try to get a, you know, kind of a hold on it, living in Santa Monica. Um, he had a friend who worked in a catering company. She was a, she was a waitress or server in a catering company. Um, she got me in with somebody there. So I went and I had a interview with them and they put me on a catering job and that was the first company I worked for. And then the beauty about working in that industry in this town, which obviously I learned over the years, is everybody's freelance. All the servers are freelance. The chefs are, for, are all freelance. So they work for various companies all over the city. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, I got my head down. I, I uh, work hard. I, I can vividly remember the very first catering job I did um, for this company. And I just, I just hustled, man. I just grafted. I got in there. I was appreciative of having a job, so I just um, worked. And then through through other people I met that night, they put me in contact with other companies. And pretty soon I was working for four or five different companies. I was working seven days a week. Just wow. um, now, also in LA, I don't know if you know. Well, you, you know, you you've lived here. Yeah. Having a car is uh, is it's, a necessity. It's vital. It's vital to survive. <laughs> it is because it's such a vast city. Yep. Now I didn't have a car here for the first two and a half years. So I was on the buses and I bought myself a bicycle. So what I would do is I would um, I would cycle to the bus stop, throw my bike on the bus, and then I would cycle up to these beautiful big houses in Beverly Hills and Bel Air. And these are houses that I've seen on television growing up in yeah. Ireland. You know, I mean, I've never pictured myself in any of these houses, or else I would end up walking kind of up. I, I remember one time I walked up Stone Canyon, which is a canyon that goes up Bel Air, for like two miles in the middle of summer in, in 80 degrees, walking to the job. So, you know, listen, man, these are things that you, got, you know, yeah. that you do, you know, you either want to do it or you don't do it. Right. I, I, you know, I made a conscious choice to come over here and to hustle and to make something of myself. So that was a no brainer for me. Yeah. You, you so know, I just, I love it. I love it. And, and the reason why is that people take things for granted. 
Okay, yeah. you know, and especially in the, you know in this country, they there's a thing with being entitled. People think that they're entitled to get everything on, you know, given to them on a silver platter, and that's not how you, you know, that's not how what the, what this country was built on. It was built on people, you know, coming, rolling the dice, you know, ha- taking that risk and yeah. and putting it all out there and becoming a success. I know so many people. That, that have done that, and you're, you're one of them, Gavin, because you put everything, I mean, walking two miles to a job because you had to. Well, just because I had to, but also because someone had given me the opportunity to work and asked me to work, I, I certainly wasn't going to say no. So I was working seven days a week if someone asked me for a job. And I'll tell you something, Lou, I kind of learned something from my dad who started his own business back in Ireland. He was an insurance broker and in real estate for a period of time. Um, and my dad was, you know, had a solid work ethic, and that's definitely where I got it from. There's no doubt about that. But I've never turned down a job, ever, 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 because my mentality, my thought process is if I turn it down, and if they ask somebody else to do it, and if they do a better job than me, I'm out. Right. So I've never, and to this day, I've never turned down a job. I just, I just make it work. If I have to bring in somebody to help me do it or whatever it is in my personal chefing or my catering business, which we'll get into, I just don't, I just don't. It's just, you know, the way I was raised, it's a different work ethic, maybe. I don't know. It, no, you know what's funny? Um, and Richard Branson, you know, uh, mm-hmm. he said this. And, and I agree with it because I say it all the time. He said that if you're offered an opportunity, a, a unique opportunity, just an opportunity in general, and you think it's too big for you, take it anyway because you don't know where it's going to lead you. Yeah. You don't know. You don't know. No, I'm firm, yeah. You know, I mean, if someone's going to take the chance on me, I'm going to reciprocate with that. I'm going to do my best. Yeah, and and look, look. I mean, we're going to go into in a little while, you know, what you've done. Uh, but I do want to say something. I just want to go back to what I said a minute ago, um, that you had to do it. You know, it's not just having to do it; is knowing, having that passion that you're doing something and you have a long-term plan. So you'll do whatever you need to do if you needed to shovel door crap to do it you would because you know what your end picture is you have to have a vision in your head the end result it doesn't matter how you get from a to b you you know you can take 55 different angles to get there but you need to see b in your you know in your vision or z or whatever it is you need to see your end plan and and what you're looking to get Mm -hmm. that has to be in your head Every single day, there is nothing, you, you know, you cannot waver from that vision. But you can't question how you're going to get there. So I didn't, you know, I've, I've had my vision in my head for years and years. I'm still on my path to getting there, but I've taken some fantastic roads in the meantime uh, that I would not have pictured myself taking. Um, but, of course, that's, you know, that's half the excitement, though, is, you know, is taking a chance to see where it leads. You've got to take a chance. You know that. You, you have to. You have to roll the dice. You have to take that chance. And on that note, Gavin, what we're going to do, we're going to take a quick break. So I want our listeners to stick with us and okay. listen to the tune that we're going to play. And we're going to be back on the UCW radio show with Gavin Murphy. And we're going to talk about what he's doing now. So stick with us. Me out of my misery, I need a fix. 
to the UCW radio show and we've been speaking with Gavin Murphy the healthy Irishman and uh, we're now we're going to go into we, we talked about how he got to where he's at now now we're going to talk about where he's at now so uh, Gavin welcome back to the show thank you sir okay so now let, let's get into it you know we, we talked about your your uh, the struggles and everything you had to you had to actually go through to make it to where you're at the one thing that we left off on was basically, you know, how did you get to the point that you started doing your own thing? Because there's a really good story with that, and I love the story, and I want you to tell us about it. Okay. Well, you know, as we said before the break, obviously, 
you, you know, you have to have your vision in mind of what you're trying to achieve in your life. Obviously, it doesn't have to be the be-all, end-all, but you have to have an idea of which direction you want to go and what you're trying to accomplish. And the path to get there can take you in a million different directions. So I started working off a catering company, started working for a bunch of different catering companies in L.A. And um, one day I had worked for this lady called Akasha Richmond. She's a restaurant here in L.A. and she's a good friend of mine. She called me one day. I can remember vividly. Um, she said she got a call from this PR company, and they were um, hired by a sports supplement company called EAS, who make a bunch of these, you know, nutrition drinks and bars and stuff. Yeah, it's just just a, just, it. just a little little company, a little itty bitty company. <laughs> just a small little supplement company, yeah. you know, a couple hundred million, whatever. Yeah, exactly. And anyway, so they had a fitness program, a fitness food program that they were trying to entice. Cindy Crawford to become a spokesperson for, and they needed someone to cook this this food, which is like um, a balance of carbs, proteins, fats, and deliver the food to her. They had called Akasha. She couldn't do it, so she called me. Um, um, what do you think a guy from Ireland said? Do you want to cook for Cindy Crawford? Clearly, I said, yes. <laughs> I was no dummy. You better believe it. <laughs> so, um, so, that, so basically, the guy from the southwest coast of Ireland his first client in L.A. was Cindy Crawford. Now, that's not too shabby, right? That's Hollywood, baby. That's Hollywood. That's Hollywood, right? It's yeah. where dreams come true. Yeah. So I worked for Cindy, um, cooking these meals, you know, meals that I designed. It was nothing too complicated, but it was a fine balance because I was, you know, I was into fitness then. I was getting into nutrition. I was learning more about it um, just for myself, not for my clients. But, it, you know, as we'll find out, it's just transitioned that way. And I worked for her for, for a number of months uh, doing this program uh, and then worked for the company, Doing trade, you know, they brought me in to do trade shows and all that, you know, the cooking demonstrations, all these things. Um, then I started working for some of her, you know, of her friends, just doing dinner parties and stuff. And uh, so here I was cooking for all these um, people I had seen on TV and magazines, uh, and there I am in their homes cooking for them. Mm -hmm. um, from there, I just started uh, kind of getting more into personal chefing. But but but, but, but I, I want I want to stop I want to stop you for a second, Gavin. Mm -hmm. See, I want people that are listening to the show to see it was one opportunity that was taken. It was yeah. one instance where someone opened the door for you that allowed you to like blossom. I I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, I mean, you get an opportunity, Lou. Right? I got that phone call. I could have reacted in two different ways. I could have reacted. The way I reacted, which is to grab it by the balls and say, yeah, you better believe it. Or I could have been intimidated and said, well, I'm not really an expert in kind of, you know, that type of food. Or what if they don't like me? Or maybe I'm not the right person for it. Uh, and there's a massive opportunity lost right. if you don't take it. If I had taken it, which I did, uh, and I was mediocre, but um, at least I would have taken the risk. Right. Well, I it tell you, it could have gone both ways. It could have gone the bad way too. It didn't. Thank God. Well, thank God. Um, but you never know until you try, right? Right. But if you didn't take that, and we're going to go into certain things now, you would not have everything that's around you today if you didn't Correct. take that opportunity. And that's that's the beauty of of just kind of looking at every opportunity every day. There's an opportunity. Yeah, you have to seize it. You can't question. You can't look, look a gift horse in the mouth. A lot Never of people do that. It. You can't question it. It's been yeah. presented to you for a reason. Yeah. Just go for it, man. You've nothing to lose. No. Just, just do it. Give it all you've got. No. And see what happens. But what's the worst thing? You fail? Okay, then you back to it the fails. drawing board and you just keep rolling. And then you, you know, and then you learn from that, hopefully. 
and yeah. then you use that for the next opportunity. Right. So now, now let's get into your you 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 were doing uh you were a personal chef for Cindy Crawford. You were doing everything and and meeting with you know you were getting referred to to her friends and doing the dinner parties and you know let's let's go from there. What else transpired? Well, then from there, um, I started uh, being asked to do more uh, more sort of larger events, you know, barbecues, things of that nature, so, you know, more more sort of, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 people type events. Well, let, let, so, let, let, let's, let's define barbecue so that our listeners understand what what uh, a Hollywood-style barbecue is. is not the barbecue you have in your backyard on a Sunday. <laughs> no, this is more of a catered event where you might have, you know, you have waiters and bartenders and valets. You may have, you know, music. There are, you know, there's kind of rental companies. You've got to get permits. There's a lot of more mm. intricate things involved than me just rolling up to someone's house with some steaks and throwing them on the grill. That's what I um, want to get to. Yeah, so it's more of a, now it's starting to take shape into more of a business for me mm-hmm. as opposed to me just going to someone's house. Right. So I had done a couple of these by myself, um, just kind of winging it, just kind of trying to figure out as I go along. Um, and then my good lady wife, Christy, came into the mix, and so well, we set up our company. But how, that's, that's, the part that I find interesting, how did you guys connect? We connected in true Irish fashion in a pub. <laughs> uh, and that's no word of a lie. Uh, we were out, I, I, I was out for a couple of drinks on a Sunday afternoon in summer in Venice with my buddy. Actually, interesting enough, the same guy I met, my, my friend's brother who lives here, the guy I stayed with all those years ago, I was out for a drink with him, who I'm still in contact with. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was a couple of girls and and a guy up at the bar and the place was quiet and I said, well, I'm not, I'm kind of sick of looking at you, so I'm going to go up here and I'm going to talk to this girl, and that was pretty much it. The writing was on the wall. I plied her with drink. <laughs> and she didn't know what I was talking about because she didn't understand my accent, um, and I just kept buying her beers, so she thought I was very charming because I was buying her beers, and uh, and that was it. We just kind of connected and we started hanging out. And here we are, married with a little baby. And that's that's my that's what I kind of you know was saying earlier that if you didn't take the opportunity, that day wouldn't have happened. If you didn't go to the pub that day, certain things wouldn't have happened. And it was just you seizing seizing the opportunity. And your it's just yeah. And your wife, your wife Chrissy, she is your she's your partner not only in life but in business and everything else. Yeah. We set up the company together. She right. actually came up with the name um, because, you know, my style of cooking is very clean. It's very healthy. It's very, um, uh, you, you know, it's very um, simple, if you will, but it's homely. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm a very strict eater myself. I work out. I, you know, I take care of myself. So we were just sitting here one day, and we had decided to set up the catering company. And she said, uh, you know, how about the healthy Irishman? And of course, you know, those two words in itself would never be in the same sentence. Well, but, so, but she has her own deal. <laughs> she, exactly, exactly. Well, you, you know, she's a, she's a vegetarian Texan, yeah. which doesn't make any sense either. So we just seem to, you know, our two, uh, our two uh, names just seem to mesh well together. Yeah. Uh, and yes, yeah, yeah, Christy runs the business. She runs the, you know, the books and the money side, which is great, because I don't have the patience to, to sit down doing it. The downside of that, of course, is I don't know where my where my money is. But you're um, you're, you're married. You're not going to know anyway. What difference does it make? That's true. It comes in. <laughs> it comes in. I hand her the check, and I, that's pretty much it. 
That's it. Yeah. That, that, that's marriage, my man. That's marriage. Yeah, but it works out good. It works out good. You know, she, you know, she has a mind for, for numbers and figures, and I'm the more creative one, and I'm out there moving about and doing my thing, and uh, it, it works perfectly well. Well, I have to say this, that, you know, your wife and how you guys, uh, and I said this to you off air, I'm going to say it on the show, um, that the way you guys connected and what you've done and how you build and how you are building, it, I, I love it because, you know, there's nothing better than having that person sitting by your side that's there with you for a pound or a penny or a penny or a pound, however you want to yeah. put it, and is there for you, with you, through through everything that you're going through. And when you are when you hit that, that high note, it's always so sweet. I can't even express it. It's so nice to have that person by your side to say, hey, you know what? We, we made it. Not I made it. We made it. Listen, anybody who tells you that they've made it by themselves is an absolute liar. There's no way anybody has made it to where they are by themselves. Even if it is, yeah, you know, a wife or a partner or a good friend or whatever it is, somebody always has somebody with them that they can bounce ideas off mm -hmm. or that's someone who pushes them or helps them formulate an idea, whatever it is. So everybody has a team, and it could be a team of two. Mm -hmm. It could be a team of 200. It doesn't matter. But everybody has somebody... Uh, and everybody needs somebody for that particular reason, yeah. you know, to, just to support in the, you know, the family situation or the business. I'm fortunate enough to have, you know, two and one over here. So, you know, I just got lucky that way. You did. You did get lucky that way. And, you know, look, there's nothing, as I said, there's nothing better than having someone that understands what you're going through, that's there for you. And, you know, when you have that bad day, she knows why. Yeah, so, exactly. So, I'm, you know, if I, if you can picture this, I'm taking a glass up. There's nothing in it. I'm not drinking, but taking a glass up, get a glass up to your wife, Christy, because you know, to have someone by your side like that helps you to even become more successful. So you better uh, believe it. Yeah. It's just you know, and it's a very, uh, it's it, it's a very comforting thing knowing there is someone there by your side, even if I'm stressed out. I've got 500 things going on at the same time. She knows what's going on at the same time, so she knows when to kind of, you know, try to help me out with something or mm -hmm. when to leave me alone or when to, you know, just to, you know, just to try and take over and, you know, try and take some pressure off me. Having, having that sort of, um, companion and that sort of, uh, support group is really, really crucial. Yeah. And you, you know what's funny? I was thinking, you, you, your son is how old now? He's uh, just over two. He's just turned two. He's two. You know, because because you talked about you, you you were talking about your accent. You know, she has an accent too, so um, it's going to be interesting. <laughs> well, actually, it's funny because um, because my sister, you know, my family all live in Ireland. My sister was saying to me, and it didn't even dawn on me. She was saying, you know, when when Dylan comes home, my son, he's going to have an American accent, and I didn't even think about that. But of course, I mean, I've an Irish accent. My wife's from Texas, and he's going to have some sort of whatever accent. Yeah. Some sort of combo of the Ca two. California. It's called California. <laughs> is, 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 is that what it's called? Yeah. California Irish accent. I don't know. I'm, go I'm going to have to put some Irish uh, twang in his, uh, in his voice. Hey, you know what? I'll even throw this out there. I'll, I'll call it the Mike O'Hearn. <laughs> the Mike O'Hearn accent. There you go. I like it. The O'Hearn Irish accent. The O'Hearn Irish accent. But, uh, no, it's going to be interesting. It, it's gonna, you know what? It, it, it creates a, um, a good situation in, in the home. So it's, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Yeah, so great. now, so now, uh, now you, you have your catering business, you know, mm -hmm. let's talk about that because 
you know, as I said earlier, you know, I see, like, you are where you're at right now. I see you, I mean, you're not even close to hitting your peak. You're nowhere near that, Gavin. Okay, you, you know, you have so. I mean, the mountain is is there for you, and I know that in the coming years that you're going to be like this celebrity chef guy, more so than you are right now. I'm, I'm, I mean, um, I do have my end picture or my bigger picture in my head, which, as we talked about earlier, hasn't wavered. I know the direction I'm going in. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, do I know how I'm going to get there? I haven't a clue. But I know that I'm making strides towards it. Listen, it's just to say, and you could be, you know, just kind of working every day, doing your thing, and it could feel like you're being stagnant, you know, and you're not making progress. And just something small can just happen, a conversation, or you and I met, and we met through social media. Obviously, we have mutual friends, we've never, you know, but we just kind of, you know, talked, and that's how we became friends. Mm-hmm. Um, but something small like that, when you asked me to be on the show, and I can remember it was a Sunday night and I got, you know, and you contacted me and asked me to be on the show. And I was thinking, God, you know, I mean, that'd be really cool because then I can start, you know, I can talk about my stories. Just small things like that, Lou, that mm-hmm. suddenly kind of get you invigorated again and kind of move you a little stronger, get some wind in your sails. So I know where I'm headed. And no, I don't feel like I've even touched second gear yet for where I'm heading. Um, but I'm super excited about it. Well, I, I know that you haven't. And I know you have a long way to go, but it's going to be a beautiful journey. And, you know, with your wife, the wife that you have by your side, there's no doubt in my mind she's going to be riding you like like a, like a Texas Bronco. She's going to be riding you to make stuff happen. Okay, and that, that's just beautiful. Yeah, you get stuff done. Now, let's talk about your catering business because I want people yep. to know about it. And then uh, we're going to give the website information. And you know what? Let's also give a plug for your friend that actually opened up the door uh, for yeah. you because I think that people should know who she is more so so um, my friend who um, who who got me that very first gig is that you talking about yes Akasha Richmond A-K-A-S-H-A she's a restaurant in Culver City just a up Akasha she is the lady that got me that first gig with Cindy uh, back in 2004 so God, it's like 10 years. I've been here for for 14 years. So that was 10 years. So I was only here four years, which sounds like a long time. But when you come to a brand new country and you don't know anybody, making that kind of, you know, that's that in my book is making some good progress. But it was that one phone call that changed everything. So I've, you know, and I'm still in contact with her and I thank her a lot kind of randomly. But Akasha is a good friend of mine, and she was fantastic to kind of refer me to that job. So, yeah, and I just, yeah, please look her up. Uh, yeah, just just look up Akasha Restaurant. I believe that's Akasha Restaurant, and that's who it is. Yeah, look, look. she's the Michael Jackson chef back in the day. She used to work for him for years, so she's well connected in the game too. Yeah, you know what? She she may be a guest on this show as well because I, I like I, I like these I like I like people that help people, and there's nothing better than that. So now uh, let's talk about your catering business, and uh, yeah, let, let's talk about that. My catering business is called The Healthy Irishman, interesting enough. And, uh, yeah, you, you know, we, we've, we've done all sorts of events. We've been very, very fortunate um, in this town to be connected with some really interesting people um, in the industry or otherwise. But, you, you know, we do parties for whoever, you know, um, picks up the phone and calls me. I'd be more than happy to, you know, to do an event for you. Obviously, you can get in contact with me through my website, which is gavinmurphy.com, G-A-V-A-N. M-U-R-P-H-Y, the Irish spelling for Gavin, 
and there's contact info there for everything you might need. Okay, great. And uh, I think that also, let's give you social media, um, you know, your Twitter and stuff like that, so All people that can follow. Yeah, so people can follow you because I said earlier. Uh, and I'm, I'm, and I'm, if I was a betting man, which I may be, I would bet and say that, you know, this time next year, the conversation that you and I are going to have is going to be much, much different. Well, I'm excited about that conversation. Yeah. And in yeah. fact, we should set that down just because that's always good to have a little bit of something to kind of push you forward. You know, you, you're having a deadline for me works well because it gives me something to aim for. And, um, but I would love to have that conversation and see where we are and we are we're definitely going to do that 12 months from today 12 months from today i like it my social media lou uh on twitter at healthy irishman pretty simple Mm -hmm. and my facebook is that is the healthy irishman t-h-e or the healthy irishman and instagram if any of you guys are on there i post a bunch of foodie pics just random stuff gavin murphy g-a-v-a-n-m-u-r-p-h-y and you know what shoot me off questions i love when people ask me questions about Food and obviously fitness is another passion of mine. I'm moving more into that market now, uh, food and fitness and all that sort of stuff. Um, so I am, you know, I'm very much into all of that. Well, that, that, you know, Gavin, that's great stuff. And I want to let our listeners know if ever, if ever you had any doubt that the American dream is dead, trust me, it's not. Look at someone like Gavin Murphy. Look at what he's done, what he's doing. Okay, and trust me, he's gonna be in your homes, and within twelve months, he's gonna be in your homes. That's that's all I'm gonna say about that. So I'm I'm banking on it. Yeah, twelve months, it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. All right. So I want everyone, you know, just go uh, check him out on social media. Go to gavinmurphy.com. Check out the story. Trust me, you will be inspired. Gavin, I want to thank you for coming on the show, and we're gonna we're gonna revisit this uh, in twelve months, and we're gonna bring you back on. Lou, it was awesome. I, I, uh, I really enjoyed our chat. Thanks for having me on. Good, thank you. Initiating shutdown sequence. You're listening to UCW Radio in your face. What is your major malfunction? So let it be written. So let it be done. Ladies and gentlemen, my mother thanks you, my father thanks you, my sister thanks you, and I thank you.